someone who dropped by that you don't get to see in the show because they, they didn't know he was coming and they didn't get a mic on him was uh, Jason Bateman. It was this moment where you got to see like Will Arnett and Jason Bateman just being real people, real friends who would go visit their friend at work, you know, the way a friend might do when they have time. And and this just this kind of universal concept of like, this is a cool thing for all of us to experience, whether we're, you know, cast and, 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 and building or whether like, you know, my dad is someone related to the show and they get to bring me to this thing and it's an unbelievable experience or all the people who got to watch it from home. So it's just a, it's, it's awesome, an awesome thing to be a part of. Welcome fellow humans to the Public and Permanent Podcast from IROC2.org, a collection of stories shared by you every week to help develop our digital consciousness, cultivating a productive, positive, and powerful global village. I am your host, Richard Gary. Let's go. So listen, today across the bridge, we are fortunate enough to have Boone Langston. And if you don't know who Boone is, he was, well, he's many things. We learned about him as a contestant on Lego Masters, but he is also the host of a show called Boone Builds on YouTube. And so I don't want to talk too much about Boone. I love letting my guests introduce themselves. So Boone, if you wouldn't mind just introducing yourself to, to our audience and then we'll, we'll get started. Yeah. Hey, uh, Boone here. So I have kind of a background in the education world, background in video production, uh, and I, I really love making things. And my medium of choice lately has been Lego uh, for the last number of years. Um, I have a wife and two kids. I have a five-year-old and uh, eight-year-old, both daughters, and um, we all love, you know, being creative. Um, I have been on YouTube for uh, a lot of years, but I've had long seasons of doing nothing and long seasons of really trying to make a push for, you know, doing consistent content there. And then most recently, I've appeared on uh, Lego Masters on Fox. Yeah, it was, it's been a crazy ride and we had a great time and, uh, you know, Mark and I made a big push for, you know, getting to the end and in the end we, well... Spoiler alert, we didn't win, uh, but we got as close as you can possibly get without winning, so. I'll say, <laughs> a lot of your creativity that you put out to the world is, is through technology, through YouTube, and um, we always like to highlight people who are using it for good and, and inspire them to use it for good and to do amazing things. So again, it's yeah. another reason I'm so grateful that you're, that you're here today. It, it's, I'll just make a quick comment about that. It, sure. Yesterday, I published a, a YouTube video about making... Um, it was about Lego and it's about the monorail, which came out in the eighties. And then I'm trying to, in the video, I'm trying to make the newest Bluetooth enabled Lego stuff work with this stuff from the eighties. Wow. And tons of people in the comments are like, this is a great video. We love this. I want to try it. Now you're going to make me spend so much more money because all this stuff is expensive. <laughs> and, uh, and one person said, Lego, you know, Lego wasn't made or Lego was made to play with your hands, not use your computer to make your Lego do stuff. And I was like, I, I, I said, I, I tried to be kind in the comment, but I felt like that was such an oversimplification of like what creativity is all about because, um, you know, I just think there's so much value in like doing things with your hands, but technology gives us so much power to turn ideas into things that exist in the real world you know yeah um to have an idea and then to 
punch it into my phone or my computer and then make a motor move or or 3D print a thing that now I can hold in my hand or or whatever it is, you know. Um, I, so I love it. I love the relationship between the technology and the real world. Um, and I think to to you know focus on one to the detriment of the other is an oversimplification, you know. But yeah, absolutely. How would we have any innovation if we if we thought that way? Right. right, right. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's a great point. And I thank you for sharing that story. Hopefully, you know, whoever that was will get some perspective <laughs> from your comment because, yeah, why, I mean, why wouldn't you want to make them move through Bluetooth? I mean, it doesn't matter the medium if you're innovating. Right, right. Uh, now I'm with you, man. That's actually pretty awesome. Um, so, actually, it leads me to your Lego story. Um, I have really two questions. One, how did you, so how did you go from educator, IT educator, um, video production? How, what is your Lego origin story? I mean, how did you get into this medium and become so amazing at it? Yeah, well, so, you know, I think like many people, um, I played with it as a kid, you know, and, and uh, there was a point where, you know, as far back as I can remember, uh, it was probably two or three, I had the Duplo, the bigger chunky blocks, and then, um, you know, four or five started playing with, you know, the Lego City stuff, and and then I think up to about like 12, I think like between like 12 and 14 were sort of the, the time when I went from like, you know, just playing with Lego on the floor all the time to really thinking of it as like um, uh, either something to collect because it's cool and it looks neat on a shelf or like a tool, right, that can be like used to create something I need. Um, and and then, you know, I went to college and I was still interested in Lego, but I wasn't like uh really you know doing a whole lot with it but I had like some stuff on display in my dorm room got married at the end of college you know again just like had a couple of things on display you know in our first homes um but uh but then it was um it was when I was working for that production company um we had an office that was just a couple blocks away from a, a game store and it's the kind of game store where you can imagine like a lot of people going to like you know paint their role-playing game figures and set up late on a Friday night and, and spend all night, you know, playing the role-playing games, that kind of place. But they had one table at the front of their store that was just full of, it was, you know, like a table with raised edges and it was full of loose Lego pieces. And I would think through the Lego pieces and I'd be like, this is rad. I can just kind of look through here and there's some, sometimes there's some really old stuff. Sometimes there's stuff that is almost brand new, you know? And I uh, used to fill up a bag and, and pay for the size bag you want. And that's kind of how I started my like adult, what I would say as an adult, that's how I started my Lego parts collection. Um, and, uh, and then from there, it was sort of like, uh, you know, just looking at like, what's, what do I, I'm interested in Lego, what do I go see? Well, it's, there's a local Lego convention. So I started going to that as, just, you know, a, a public attendee that would come and look at what everybody brought to display. And then, you know, I sort of discovered through that that there's a local club in town and, and sort of globally they're called Lego user groups. And many of them are recognized by Lego, you know, the Lego company um, and, and have somewhat of a relationship there. So then I got into there and, and what that it was really the Lego user group here in Portland. And if wherever you're listening from, you can probably find one somewhere near you. Um, you know, there may be only one in your state or something, but, um, and, uh, 
And once I got into that, it was like a switch turned on of like, it's all these people and they've all been doing it and they're all challenging each other and they're sharing parts or selling parts to each other. Um, and, uh, and then it's like, then, you know, it's sort of like building up to these big events like the local, local Lego convention or the one up in Seattle or now I've been to Lego shows in Chicago and California and um, anyway, so sorry, I, I could talk forever about that. Yeah, but. no, it's, it's clearly you're passionate about it. So that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So where do you, where do you, where does your inspiration come from? So the reason I asked that is because, you know, like my son, we, we all love to build, you know, my daughter does the Lego friends and my son has built all like, I think if there's a Star Wars thing, he built it, but it's like looking at the instructions and building it. Whereas if anyone saw the show, I mean, and even what you're describing <laughs> right now, I mean, you can literally build anything. I mean, I was just looking at some of your YouTube clips. So like we built the Ecto the, the Ecto one car from Ghostbusters, but it had oh, yeah. instructions. You yeah. built the actual trap, right? What is that thing you're doing? It's technical. It's one of our little toys. Uh, yeah, yeah, my, yeah, yeah. You right. know, my kids are introduced to um, Pee Wee's Playhouse because of streaming, right? You built Conky, the robot, yeah, right? Yeah. Ready to assist you, Pee Wee. Morning, Conky. What's today's secret word? Where does your inspiration come from to not need the instruction book, but to actually be the creator of something that you would create an instruction book for? Yeah. So that's that's a question that we get a lot because people have some concept for buying a Lego set, opening up the book, and following the instructions to build a thing. I mean, even if even people who have never owned a Lego set, like they kind of get that like that's what you're intended to do with that product and so people are asking all the time how do i go from just building from the instruction manual to building something from my imagination and what i really love is lego or not i love the idea of sort of like bringing into existence things that like shouldn't exist or things that are, you know, seem only imaginary you know um and i and i think any anyone you know i think of like people like tim burton you know you mentioned you mentioned peewee and and um anyone that's making movies about fantasy or writing books about science fiction you know they're they're doing that same thing right they're they're seeing the things that don't exist in the world and saying like what if we help people understand what it would be like if these things did exist um and i love doing that in in a physical way so um and actually my my teammate mark um before before we were either into lego we both have done a fair amount of like found object art and you know you find junk and you put it together and paint it and glue it and whatever in cool ways that make it look like something awesome um and and you mentioned ghostbusters when the original ghostbusters film was made that's how they built those proton packs right those prop guys were like going to the the bins of surplus electronics and going to you know the bins of whatever like extra lawnmower parts and whatever and they and they put that stuff together and and they did it in a way that it looks like some scientific or thing that should work you know yeah yeah um, that's fascinating you know it's just occurred to me we really haven't had a completely successful test of this equipment i blame myself so do i well, no sense worrying about it now why worry each of us is wearing an unlicensed nuclear accelerator on his back yeah so so i mean that's i love to watch people who um I love to watch people who are doing that 
and whether they're doing it with Lego or not, I'm, I'm, I really love like 1950s, 1960s sort of like view of the future. Um, and so I call it like, uh, like retro future or like future of the past or something like that. Um, or yesterday, yesterday's future is a fun hashtag to use. Okay. Um, and, uh, and it's sort of this like, you know, if you can imagine the, um, the, the concept cars that were coming out in the 50s, they just, I mean, they, they had such this iconic, like almost Jetsons, like, you know, futuristic feel. And, and, um, and you think about like the science fiction of back then. And, and so now like, um, uh, there's this Weta workshop does these ray guns and I'm like fascinated by them and um, they don't build them out of Lego but I do you know you and do, so right? anyway uh, so then that's sort of like where a lot of my inspiration comes from and just and then for people who are just trying to make that jump my recommendation is always go ahead and buy a set off the shelf build it the way the instructions tell you to build it because you can learn a lot from the instructions and then take it apart and just see what you can build that's not the thing that came in the box you know right is it a dump truck can you can you instead build a spaceship or a, a you know submarine whatever and and just challenge yourself and and it's not easy at first and um but you know i've got a i've got a friend named mike and uh, he's actually a little bit older than me and he i know he and his brother have had lego experiences since they were kids you know back in like the early 80s um but mike just sent me a picture of the first thing he's ever designed on his own because he only ever had an experience of using the instructions and he sent me this great little like mech sort of like manned robot thing and it's, it's for batman and i'm like that's awesome it looks great and so you know people are people are getting a little bit of extra courage you know from watching the show and I think that was one of the great gifts that, you know, that we had of being part of that experience. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's awesome. So the, yeah, the creativity, it's almost like you're telling like Tim Burton is a great example. He's a house favorite of ours as well. I mean, it's almost like you're using this medium to bring fantasy or movies or ideas to life. And I think it's brilliant. So let's talk a little bit about the show. Um, Lego masters on Fox, right? So yeah. how did they find you? Did you apply? Did they find you through Boone builds? How did they find you on the show to get on the show? It was kind of a combination of both. You know, I think when they start casting those shows, they've, they've got a big team of freelance casting people that are just like beating the pavement, right? Trying to find who, who would be right for this show. And so Mark and I knew about it because I was actually I was sitting in a, a Lego media related panel in uh, San Diego Comic-Con last July. And at the end of the panel, they were like, and Lego Masters is coming to the U.S. And the website is live right now. You can go apply. And I was like, I ran out of the panel room and I <laughs> called Mark and I said, hey, do you want to apply for Lego Masters with me? And he's like, yes, let's do it. And I said, all right. And so we, we started pulling all the materials. You know, they want a lot of pictures and they want videos and they have a lot of questions for you in the, in the application process. And it was like a, it was a find a teammate, apply as a team of two. Um, okay. And, and so it took us a couple of weeks to sort of pull together all the stuff for our application. And during that time, a casting person reached out to both Mark and I through Instagram okay. because they were just looking for, they were just looking for Lego builders, you know, and they were just reaching out to anyone who 
sort of built cool stuff to to see like is this a potential right and then they reached out to and and some thousands of people applied i don't know how many i heard somebody once say that 11,000 people applied and wow and they and the production won't confirm or deny that but they just say they just say thousands and then yeah it was just around you know it was like applying for a job you know that's exactly what it was it was applying for a job that thousands of people applied for and 20 people got the job you know yeah specialists for sure <laughs> yeah 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 absolutely um what if you had anything that um any takeaway from the show like uh, your your favorite experience or a, fra- a favorite story maybe something we didn't see on camera is there something that um you know everybody learns from their life and their experiences is there something that you would say you walked away from that show learning well, I do have a funny story that you didn't see on camera that I'll tell, but it's not, it's not, I don't think it's like necessarily a profound answer to that question. So first I'll answer your question and I'll, I'll just say, I, you know, the relationships we walked away with, but I, I also feel like, um, I feel like I received a very gracious edit, you know, they, they could have made any of us look worse than we did on TV if they wanted to, you know, yeah. they could have focused, they could have focused more on the hard times, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think for some teams they did, especially early on. Um, but so in the end, I'm just so glad that my last words on the entire series are, and if you're watching this, go build something amazing. And that people cared enough, viewers cared enough about me and what is my team with Mark, people cared enough about us for that to, have an impact on them, right? Yep. So, so I'm really pleased, you know, because we had we had no control over what ended up on the cutting room floor and what ended up in the final edit. Um, and so I'm just very, very pleased that like that is what, you know, the character of Boone in that TV show was able to leave the viewers with. Um, and and in a way, sort of then like what my my big takeaway is kind of this responsibility of continuing to figure out how I'm going to push that forward, right? How am I going to keep, because there's all these people who have been reaching out to me like, oh, we loved you on the show. We think you should have won. Um, well, we're so glad you, we're so glad to hear you have a YouTube channel because we, you know, we're, we just, we never want the show to be over. We want to keep watching. And, um, and so now I feel like I have this great responsibility and I love it to, um, you know, to keep providing people something that, that continues to encourage them to be creative people, you know? Yeah. Um, the the quick little I'll tell a quick little story uh, that is sort of like the thing. I feel like it's the other piece of your question that was like, what's the thing we didn't get to see on camera? That yeah. Will came. Will Arnett came over to our table one time at the very beginning. It was at the very beginning of the Good versus Evil challenge, okay. and he asked me. Um, he's like, "Hey guys, uh, you know, just for fun, if uh, if I couldn't be the host of this show, who would you want to be the host of the show?" And I said, "Well, you know, I." I thought before we knew it was going to be Will Arnett, I tell him, I thought that the host was going to be Terry Crews because just a couple weeks before taping, Terry Crews had posted like some stuff about Lego on his Instagram. And I was like, oh, I feel like Terry Crews is just the right kind of level of celebrity to be the host of the show because we knew we were on, but we didn't know who the host was going to be. Okay. Um, And then so and, and, and Will was like, oh, yeah, Terry's great. And then he like leaves and there's no more of that. And it wasn't, but a couple hours later that Terry Crews bursts through the wall. Yeah. And um, that part of the reason I'm so floored 
when Terry comes in. I am a big Terry Crews fan. My wife and I love Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and, um, and we, I, we just think he's hilarious. Um, but So I was already excited to see him because of that, but it, I was an extra notch excited to see him or just, like, blown away that he was there in the same room because I had I'd literally just told Will, like, uh, yeah. Terry Crews is the person I thought I'd see here. It was wild. It was so weird um, and one of those crazy things. Another, another interesting thing is uh, someone who dropped by that you don't get to see in the show because they, they didn't know he was coming and they didn't get a mic on him was uh, Jason Bateman. Oh, wow. And so while we, were, while we were filming the bridge challenge, you know, there's always there's producers walking around all the time kind of checking out how we're doing. And so we're building the bridge challenge and I'm laying down bricks as fast as I possibly can. And, and I see this guy out of the corner of my eye and he's just kind of like sipping uh, a coffee. And I look up and I'm like, Hey, how you doing? And then I'm, my brain is like, Oh my gosh. And I look up and I'm like, it's Jason Bateman. <laughs> but, um, but the reason he was there was, um, you know, he's just, he's friends with Will. He's genuinely, they were in Arrested Development together and they're just, they're friends. And Jason was bringing his his child to come see this Lego studio, and it was unreal. And oh, every everybody related to the production who had children or knew children brought them to see it at some point in the process, yeah. because it was just so incredible. And and so I the reason I like telling that one is just like it was this moment where you got to see like Will Arnett and Jason Bateman just being real people real friends who would go visit their friend at work you know the way a friend might do when they have time and and this just this kind of universal concept of like this is a cool thing for all of us to experience whether we're you know cast and and and, and building or whether like you know my dad is someone related to the show and they get to bring me to this thing and it's an unbelievable experience or all the people who got to watch it from home so it's just a, it's it's awesome an awesome thing to be a part of yeah well they were there to watch you guys build too so that had to be like pretty cool right that these two guys are there to watch you and you watch you create i mean that's that's pretty awesome um yeah what yeah, was, was will wild. like what was will like is he is he as funny off camera as he is on camera he was hilarious and in fact you know uh i feel like when will came by our table now i will tell you i i do i don't know how much i should say this but I do feel like Will had a special relationship with Mark and I, you know, I, I think he, I think there was a level of chemistry. Now, of course I'm biased cause I'm me and I was there every time, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, but, he was um, singing and everything, man. It was great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I think he had a certain amount of chemistry with us. So I think we experienced, you know, a fun side of Will that not necessarily all the teams got to, got to experience, but he would come over and his, you know, he's a comedian. So his job in that role is to just keep throwing out stuff that might be funny that might end up on the final edit. Right. And, um, that would often, when he came to our table, we would just get going back and forth on these, whatever, like crazy bits that he and we would make up in the moment. If anybody has black parts, I need them. Okay. I only work in black and sometimes very, very dark gray. And they would often spiral quickly into like content that could not be shown on public television, you know? Um, and so we would, just, and I would be dying laughing. Um, and, and he, I, there were moments where I would say like, is this, what, is this what some people do for a living? And he'd be like, yeah, welcome, welcome to my life, man. 
or I'd say like, oh, it's so surreal. That's when he said, welcome to my life. I was like, this, this whole thing is so surreal. Like, I don't know if this is reality or a dream. And he was like, yeah, welcome to my life. Like, you know, but anyway, yeah. So it, it was wild. He was hilarious. Um, I even, I, some of my funniest moments with Will are stuff that didn't end up on the didn't show because, because, uh, yeah, I tell people every time I tell on, on, on a live stream or a podcast, I'll often say I have a couple of stories about Will Arnett that I would love to tell, but uh, you have to wait until we run across each other face to face sometime because I'm not going to tell them on, on the podcast. Yeah, no, I can totally appreciate that. Uh, well, with all the downtime in the conversation, it's just a natural question that um, I know my kids kept asking me, are they, are they building 24 hours straight? Are they building 15 hours straight? Um, you guys had breaks, right? Or are you standing there 15 hours straight? The way we've come to be comfortable answering that question is um, <laughs> okay. because I, I do, I think that's a question that the production company doesn't want us to answer. I understood. No, I understood. I mean, cause um, you did an amazing amount of work. It was an incredible right. amount of work. Yeah. Um, and what the way, what I do say is um, the, the amount of time that we built is accurate to the clock. Yeah. Yeah. So the amount, the, the, the number of hours that you see them tell us we're going to have, it's that is actually time. the number of hours we have. Yeah. But um, the way I say it is, uh, you know, the production company, the camera people, they, they have to have a lunch. They have to go home sure. at night. Sure. Um, and it wasn't very often that we were building. Sometimes they would make us build longer than the camera crew stayed there, you know, just to like, particularly on the 24 hour challenge. Yeah. We, we built quite a number of hours off camera because they, they, they just had to have us there for some extra hours. Sure. You know, at times that they weren't going to pay the crew overtime, but, uh, Sure. But yeah. Um, so yeah. So, so real that, time. that's how I answer it. Yeah. No. Real time build. Yeah. I mean, but you're human, right? You got to go to the bathroom yeah, at some yeah, point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, is I'm, there a favorite build that you have constructed, or something that you are like the most proud of? With all of the Lego Masters builds aside, because I think you know those collaborations between Mark and me, they're brilliant. Um, they, brilliant. you know, I, I, I want to say, you know, any number of those to answer your question. But I feel like to me, there's something just different about those than like anything I did before or anything I've done since. Um, but I'll, I, so I'll say outside of Lego Masters, there's this uh, antique fire engine that I designed for, um, there's this website called Bricklink. Okay. And it's like where everybody buys all their like secondhand, you know, it's like eBay, but it's worldwide. It's just Lego stuff. Okay. And you can buy parts or sets or minifigures from people who sell Lego all around the world. And they sort of did a competition where people could submit their designs and they would select a certain number of them to go up for crowdfunding. And if, if the crowdfunding online sort of supported that design, then it would get produced in a limited run of um, assembled boxed Lego kit. And uh, so I did this antique fire engine and it was one of the successful designs and we sold like 1500 copies of this, you know, Wow. and it's, and it's big, but mine, I'd show you mine, but I've robbed a bunch of parts from it for other things <laughs> since then. Um, so I need to get it put back together so that I can show people, but yeah. maybe a boon build, you can re restore your fire engine. That'd yeah. Be yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I um, got Hold on. Let me put that on my, on my list. That's there good. you go. Go ahead. No, so that's okay. So speaking of, um, Boone Builds, it's a YouTube channel, and 
I find it amazing. I'm just wondering if, if you could just tell the audience how they can find it and what they can find on it. Because this, this has been going on way before your appearance on Lego Masters. And you have some incredible builds on there. So You'll find it at youtube.com slash boonbuilds. Um, and I, you can also find me at boonbuilds.com. And there's a, there's a few just like little mini builds there that you can download the instructions for free. Um, and, uh, and then I've got, uh, like one set of instructions right now that is just a few dollars. Um, and then I've got some minifigs of me and I'll have minifigs of Mark up there. And so those are kind of, you know, for fans that just want to support us and have a little memento from the Lego masters experience. Um, and, uh, yeah. And then you can always reach out to me too. There's a, there's a web form at boombuilds.com and, and I'm, you know, I do the best I can to reply to every one of those messages. But. that's awesome man well I mean I guess that's a great way to kind of I think end our, our interview because you like I said at the start of the podcast the whole reason I reached out to you is because one how you closed out Lego Masters and how you encourage people to build and amaze and how you inspire them to be creative and do that um, I thought that was a great a great message for for kids especially and this is what this podcast is all about is using technology to be able to continue inspiring right and right. um not to mention you're putting bluetooth into a 1980s motor for lego which i think is freaking brilliant so <laughs> <laughs> well i, I didn't really to... figure it out myself I, I i had to find all the resources but i think my so video right. is a fun way of looking at the process so. yeah well keep going man well i just want to thank you so much for your time to do this for our listeners today no problem. Thank you so much for having me, Richard. I really appreciate it. All right, but well, best of luck to you, man. I'll be watching. All right, thanks. All right, cheers. I just want to thank you all again for the privilege of your time. We also want to thank everybody who submitted a voicemail and email to be on the show. We are reviewing all of your stories and we will be in touch. If you like what you hear, please be sure to follow us and like us on Apple Podcast and Stitcher. You can learn more about the podcast, including how you can leave us a voicemail or an email to be on the show where people can share ideas, thoughts, stories, and support, as well as learn more about some of our featured guests and downloadable documents and other information we'll be providing as the season continues. For all of this information and more, please visit our website at www.iron.com rock two i r o c the number two dot org forward slash podcast thank you all so much again for listening i look forward to telling you more stories and hearing your stories remember you're listening to this on a tool that connects you to billions of people so use that tool to be amazing be well friends cheers